welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to go through the November 9th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. Um, DJ, another flagship day of uh, election night contests come and go, and I am not $100,000 richer, so I am sad. But how, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening, and uh, how was your Tuesday? Uh, yeah, no, Tuesday was, I mean, it was good. I, I made money. It was. It felt like it was much closer than it actually ended up being in DFS. Like I played Rangers too. And it is funny how like we were talking and I was talking myself off of a different stack and I was debating. Do you remember the two teams? I mean, I went Rangers too, but you remember the other um, team? Yeah, it was, I thought it was Winnipeg and Detroit, but yeah. Uh, Rangers well, no, I, I got, yeah, I got off of Detroit and I went Winnipeg and then I decided I could upgrade my Pittsburgh stack and play, and play, uh, the Rangers too, but I couldn't play Connor. And so like, basically it was like me messing around with all these different variations. And then finally deciding like that was the best one. Um, when in reality, the best one was both of the two stacks I was talking about and not Pittsburgh, uh, tough break there. But again, you know, I made a little bit of money there. My other lineup just missed. And then I was one shot on goal from Ajo who shot the puck on net in overtime, but it was tipped off Nate and went in. Um, it was the plan, of course. Like that was what they wanted to do. I'm not arguing it, but if they just misses that puck, I hit a six leg parlay. So no, it was a good night though. You know, I mean, it's frustrating, but I'd rather go five of six than than zero oh of six, and I'd rather make money on the Rangers too than not make money. So whatever. Um, it was a nice night. Yeah, uh, a lot of. I mean, yeah, a lot of good stuff. What? Uh, how did you finish up? Uh, well, I was. Ter- I mean, I I made zero. I made twenty dollars back thanks to the uh, Rainmakers Pack contest that always overlays. So I managed to squeak across the cash line in that uh in that handout worth of a contest. Otherwise, though, I I made zero dollars. Um, I five man stacked a Western Canadian power play one and uh, picked the wrong one. You know, uh, I I played a five man Calgary stack with Uyghur and Anderson. And the uh, five-man Winnipeg power play one stack is what took down the hundred k, um, or it might have been the, it might have been the yeah the the whistles qualifier uh, winner was the five-man Winnipeg one, um, but across all contests Winnipeg one was the slate winner because Kyle Connor I follow Shifley went absolutely nuts, um, Perfetti and Morrissey did enough to get you there. Um, and they were affordable. So like, you know, you could fit all those dudes in and still play like one elite piece, such as a Roman Yossi or a spend up at the wing position. Um, so I wrote up the slate though, uh, on my newsletter. So, uh, go check that out. If you want to hear more about how I landed on, uh, the plays I did, obviously, if you listen to the Tuesday podcast, it, it shouldn't be that surprising, uh, the team I wound up playing, but, um, yeah, it was it was an interesting slate, I thought, but yeah, didn't didn't come together for me. I only had one ticket to the big contest, and I really wasn't trying to back up the truck to enter like five times or whatever. Um, so I just played one lineup and let the cards fall as they may, and we move on to Tuesday to, or Thursday night. That we do. That we do. Right. Um, we got a nice a, a nice size slate. What is it? Is it ten games? Eleven, 11 games. games. Um, a five. A $555 contest. Once again, 30K to first uh, for the high stakes, uh, 20K to first and the $15. So, you know, still decent. Um, there are qualifiers in the lobby for a 12-12, a December 12th, $888 contest. That, that's pretty interesting. Um, interested to see what that looks like, you know, how top heavy it is, um, how big the slate is. Um, so, 
just keep an eye out for that if you're trying to you know uh grind out satellites and whatnot um that that's obviously the next target about a month from now um a flagship nhl gpp so uh yeah also on thursday night there's a 1450 i think is the buy-in uh qualifier so uh make sure if you have tickets to enter that but obviously there's only a couple people out there i'm sure have tickets to that contest um but all right uh, any other stuff to get out of the way before we dig in uh no i'll go game by game uh, definitely uh, the puck lock thing that i've been tweeting about the uh, player profiler is still free should be free tomorrow um that was what I used in, in large part. Not the only thing, of course, like I went through my process and did a stream. I won't have a stream tomorrow. I'm leaving uh, Buffalo to go to a concert in Rochester immediately after work. So I will probably hopefully be back for like Saturday, but yeah, um, podcast should suffice. So tomorrow we have uh, the Islander. Are you ready for me to go? Yep. Go ahead. Islanders at Boston. Boston's a pretty big favorite here. Minus 162. It is actually a five and a half and the under minus 120 right now. So definitely going to be the lowest total on the slate. I haven't even looked at another game yet. Uh, Montreal at Detroit. That's a much higher total. Detroit's a pretty big favorite here. Montreal's been good. Detroit, uh, not great. <laughs> not great on Tuesday, but still a good team. Vancouver taking on back-to-back Ottawa. Um, Ottawa would be going from Toronto back home for this matchup. Uh, pretty much a pick them over-unders. I think the highest on the slate or just under it, um, tied, I guess, in second. The Stars are going on the road. They're going to Columbus to start it off. Uh, huge favorites for Dallas, unsurprisingly. You know, whatever, we'll get to that game. Uh, I'm guessing Dallas one could be popular. Arizona going to St. Louis to take on the Blues. The Blues are a little, you know, slight favorite here. Um, it's an interesting spot for sure. I feel like St. Louis is a team that, I've, I keep circling and thinking about and never playing. Uh, so I, we'll get to that game, of course. Nashville at Winnipeg. Of course, Winnipeg coming off the slate breaker. Minus 140 against Nashville, who early on, it looked like Uthi Saros was just going to steal the soul of Calgary Flames fans until they you know they turned it up a notch. Some interesting notes to get to in that game, um, for sure. Uh, they ran different power plays, but guys were missing from practice. Uh, Huberdeau was... Benched. So if you look at the hockey viz, it's going to be pretty weird because Huberto didn't play in the third period. Calgary's not even on the slate, so not. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a good point. Wow. I don't know why I thought they were. You're okay. talking about Nashville and you just went into your uh, Jonathan Huberto love. I mean, it happens to all of us, DJ. Uh, we all love well, Jonathan Huberto on this here podcast. Except for his coach. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually really funny. I literally like was so I thought they were on the slate. I just was kind of talking about that. Okay. Seattle at the Avalanche. Avalanche are monster favorites. Seattle seem seemingly is broken. Um, and then we get to Edmonton, who are minus 305 on the road against the Sharks. Not that surprising. I mean, the Sharks were still pretty bad, but they get their first win. This is the highest total on the slate. The over is minus 102 on over seven. I'm sure people will be playing McDavid. And then Pittsburgh at LA. Uh, no word on Tristan Jari yet. I'm kind of expecting him to be out myself so um there's a, definitely a notes i missed there we'll, we'll get to them when we get to game by game do you just want to get started with the islanders and bruins uh yeah let's let's uh get into that so the islanders uh were without bo horvat on uh tuesday tuesday night um no no clear indication whether he will play on thursday 
Um, but in his absence, uh, Oliver Wallstrom showed up and played his normal 13 minutes um, on the top line alongside Barzell. But he did score. He had four shots. He blocked two shots. Um, so, you know, now he's up to 3,500. Um, multiple players who were on the top line, they're all priced at 3,500 now. So, you know, that just seems to be the DraftKings I'll go. Um, bumping up anyone who's on a nominal first line. Uh, I don't really think Wallstrom's uh, in play at that price in any situation, but especially in this matchup on the road, there's you know really no interest here for me in uh, this game. But anything uh, from you on the Islander side of action? Um, no, not I mean Matt Barzal played 25 minutes. That that's at least of note. I find that yep to be uh you know 5500 Matt Barzal, but it's a real real bad game environment, bad matchup, but. Uh, you know, I could I could take a good look at the other side. Like that's where my interest really lies here. So I guess I'll just transition over. I, I don't have any notes. I mean, I played Wallstrom. Um, I definitely wasn't playing Blake Wheeler, and I was heavily rewarded. He almost double bonused, as you mentioned, missed both of them by one and scored. So I do love the guy, but yeah, a little bit too expensive. I'm not going there myself. Uh, I am interested in the other side, not crazily. Like I'm not going to the moon and back on it, but I really don't think. Boston one's going to be all that popular and it should be back with Marshan, Pasternak and Zaka. It's really not that expensive. I mean, you know, I know Pasternak breaks the bank a little bit, but you're not fading him. Of course, like he yeah. has 40 point upside every single night. If it gets there, I think it you know kind of gets there in spades and I could see 7,400 Sorokin being one of the more popular goalies on the slate. And it makes sense, but if he fails and Boston, you know, it's, it's going to come through very specific Boston players. So I'm pretty high on it. Uh, that's kind of my game thought. Yeah, one of the more startling things about the Tuesday slate was that Islanders and Wild combined for 10.3 expected goals per hockey viz. Um, you know, the game was 4-2. Obviously doesn't look crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, just continues the ongoing trend that the Islanders are playing up-tempo hockey. Um, you know, clearly defensively, they they gave up a ton Um in Palak's first game back, he was about break even, and the Mayfield pairing is the one that got slaughtered with Polak Romanov uh, carrying play when they were on the ice. So I don't know if there's really anything there. Um, I, like I said last show, I was pretty interested to see how uh, the Islanders fared with their top six all together uh, defensively. Um, you know, I don't think Bo Horvat being out really impacts how they, they're playing as far as like defensive numbers or uh, pace or anything like that. Um, but, you know, th- there's at least some merit to the idea that without Bo Horvat, this game, uh, you know, has a bit more interest. The underlyings are certainly saying that the Islanders are a team to continually target for DFS, both for and against. Um, so you're fighting Vegas there for sure. I, I don't, you know, I still don't want to throw out the idea that I think uh, the Islanders are a sound defensive team and that now they have all their six guys, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it is at least worth considering that, like, if Boston's smart about their deployment, maybe if you want to target the Mayfield Ajo pairing, you know, who should play a decent bit, like, yeah, maybe there's uh, something there to the idea that you can stack the islanders or you know game stack this and get away with it given the pricing so anyone specifically on boston stand out to you or is it just the top line and move on it's yeah the top line and move on i don't i don't know i mean i know it's the defense is kind of in a bit of a i don't know what you want to call it uh, mcavoy won't be back so with mcavoy not being back is shattenkirk 
at least intriguing, maybe. Yeah, they, they 15 were, minute, yeah. They were holding a lead last game, so it, it was a little strange because um, he's been pretty uh, relied upon in that role. Um, but he basically rode the bench for large portions of, of last game. So at his price, with so many options on the slate, I'm not really that curious to go back to Shattenkirk. Yeah. Um, but I also don't really want to go with Hampus Lindholm. He's done absolutely nothing with the extra minutes since McAvoy went out. So there's Very just really no need to play defenseman here, in my opinion. Yep. So we we'll right. get to the first chalky spot of the night. That is Detroit at home against Montreal. Um it's not breaking the bank entirely. 7,300 for Larkin, 7,500 for Debrinket, and still 4,100, I think cheaper actually than last night. Yeah, 100 cheaper for uh, Lucas Raymond. Power play one, all correlated together. Line one. I mean, it all kind of speaks to exactly what they're doing. In a game they were trailing, Gostaspare ended up seeing 22 minutes. So, you know, uh, he he's kind of a bit game script dependent. It's going to, it looks like at least. You're not going to play play Olimata and Sharada as much when you're trailing as you're going to play Sider, Wallman, and Gosses Bear. That's just the way it's going to be. But with all that being said, uh, are you interested in going to this Detroit team? Albeit, uh, I can't imagine you're not looking at line two, three, and four as much as that line one. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Lucas Raymond was pretty disappointing uh, against the Rangers. Now, obviously, it's a different matchup, and he did play 18 minutes, so it's worth considering that, you know, he uh, should stick on that top power play. I have not looked at their in-game changes. Um, let's see. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a mess. Oh, look at that. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what to make of that. Okay. Um, well, in any case, there is certainly some value on the top line because of Lucas Raymond. Uh, Debrinket and Larkin will project fairly well, regardless of uh, you know, regardless of what site or whatever you're considering. Um, so it's full stacking Detroit or nothing for me. Um, you know, with this uncertainty that the power plays looked like last game, I'm a little leery about Shane Goss's pair at 4900. Um, but he did play 21 minutes, so you know that's to me more of a sign that they were chasing the game versus in this spot they should be you know leading it um so they shouldn't really have a problem like that um but i also have no problem with david braun one-offs uh he's you know just getting a solid role for this team and he's also at a good price um at 3800 so but that's like the guy i would one off personally um but i wouldn't stack across the second third or fourth lines like you said um can i interest you in 7200 cole caulfield um I was kind of surprised. The field was very interested in this on Tuesday. And like I said in my my, my write-up of the slate, I'm not really sure why this was. That There was a little bit of late line movement toward Montreal, that largely because you know Tampa was the only team on a back-to-back on Tuesday night. Um, but they also had a no-name goalie. So like there's a lot of reasons they could have gotten steam, but like all of Montreal won was like above seven, eight percent owned, which was very strange to me. And Caulfield checked in at like 12% on a 10 game slate. So I'm wondering if both sides don't get ownership here, honestly. I could see it. And honestly, I feel like we've made the case for if, you know, Montreal gets going early, what Detroit's going to do. So I think you could find that a way to it, but that doesn't mean I'm all that interested. Um, I like that line a lot, and I really don't respect Detroit all that much uh, as a defensive team. So I, I just don't think I'm, I, I don't know. I think there's better ways to spend your cap on this slate, but there is nothing else on Montreal I'm even considering outside of Caulfield 
um, okay. Suzuki and and Slavkovsky. Like, there's nothing else here. I'm thinking like, oh, I got to get Dvorak involved. Like, no, I'm not doing right. any of that garbage. Um, so, like, it, to me, it's like if you're if you're gonna game stack this game for whatever reason, we've given you the reason. There's one way to go on it, but I think like outside of that, like you're just playing, you know, line one, line one or something. I, you know, no thanks. Yeah, um, Harvey Pinard should be back um no not sure but he was back in practice before their game tuesday um so check if he's on the top line over a guy like slavkovsky i'm not sure it matters that much but um if it's late news maybe that's news you can use to your advantage um i i don't know i'm looking at monahan gallagher and pearson and just they're a little too expensive but uh, Monahan in particular has been productive and we know that Gallagher and Pearson have been as well so I don't buy Detroit whatsoever um, if that line were truly to check in as a one percenter I might consider it but um, since I'm not an MME guy I, I can't really say whether I would do that uh, if you know if the time if it came around to it um, it, it doesn't seem like Dvorak's picking up a heavy role as he gets, uh, you know, welcomed back into the lineup, only playing 14 and 11 minutes these past two games. And maybe Nick Suzuki just plays 22 minutes all year long. But, like, you got to think with Monaghan going, maybe the the Gallagher line gets above 15 minutes or something. Um, but that's, that's all I got. I, I don't think there's anything defensively. I want to chase Michael Matheson is what he is. He's a very good player. Um but at 6,400, I just think there's better options or you just spend a little more and get um, similar players to or get much better players or you get similar players for a good bit less than Michael Matheson. So ready to move on? Yeah. Next is uh, Vancouver at Ottawa. Ottawa on a back-to-back going from Toronto to Ottawa, as I mentioned. Ottawa changed up everything. Um, so, you know, keep an eye on it because they, they end up losing this game against Toronto. Who knows if they revert back to some old ways, but it was Brady the Chuck with Norris and Batherson. Stutzel was with uh, Matthew Joseph and Drew. So keep all that in mind when you're stacking and going over what you're going to do because it makes it a little bit more like that That first line, I believe, is all power play correlated, and then Stutzel's kind of on an island, right? That's right. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Um, I think Vancouver's probably going to be more popular because of all this they've been world beating i I think they have like five guys in the top 10 in points there's something absolutely absurd at at least three not that expensive like jt miller feels affordable but i'm not all that interested in him as far as uh, 6900 is just probably too steep for what i believe his ceiling is um he's a good player i I get it because of the points but he just doesn't have quite the ceiling a guy like petterson has um, so I think if anything in this game, I'm going through Pedersen. Kuzbenko has dropped in price, even though he's, you know, 10 points in 12 games. Just the five-on-five five numbers are not really there. But on a one-game slate, I think you could convince yourself that Pedersen getting there, if Kuzbenko does do something at five-on-five, five, great. But they want him shooting on the power play. That's where a lot of his volume is coming from. So that Kuzbenko, Pedersen, Quinn Hughes stack does intrigue me. Um, um, what are your thoughts here? Will the real Quinn Hughes please stand up? I, I I have absolutely no idea what to make of his season to this point. He's been awesome. He's been everything you look for in a fantasy player. Um, like it's truly beyond me how this guy has 85 shot attempts in his last 10 games. I mean, 
that that's the absurd levels of production. Um, and it's not just coming on the power play. I mean, at five on five, his shot rate, uh, the last, you know, in his career, his shot rate at five on five has been seven uh, shot attempts per 60 minutes, 10, nine, 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 18. He's basically doubled his shot rate this season. I mean, we made some jokes about, uh, Pocket saying that his shot has you know added 20 miles an hour or whatever and that that wasn't true we, we checked the data um but you know if he's using it twice as much i can see where talking might get the idea from um and then obviously on the power play when Hughes has been super involved their power play is absolutely clicking um his power play numbers are very much in line with previous uh you know numbers as far as his involvement as far as his percentage of points he's getting on the goals they're scoring um, so really, it's a matter of if the Quinn Hughes shows up, that is going to be a basically double as effective uh, getting pucks on net or even attempting to get pucks on net um, as he has been in the past. 6500 is probably the right price for him. But if that's not the real Quinn Hughes, then, you know, the entire house of cards falls upon itself because you're paying a ton of money for guys like Patterson. Um, Besser's not cheap. Um so, you know, you're kind of hoping you hit, uh, you strike gold with Kuzmenko and get his goal night. Otherwise, he's going to kill you at, even mm. at 4,300. And there's going to be ownership here, I think, because Ottawa's on a back-to-back. Yeah. So I still kind of believe Vancouver's a bit of a house of cards. Um, you know, that their underlings are far worse than their actuals. And this is a team that historically has outperformed those a little bit. But to this extent... Um, uh, at these prices, I'm just not really sure I, I want in on it. So uh, I am interested in Ottawa, though. I want to see how Norris, Kachuk, and uh, Batherson do on Wednesday night. But if they perform well, if they're carrying play, um, you know, I have no in, I have no concerns about Brady at his price. And then Norris and Batherson, I think, are expensive enough to where they won't be super popular, especially given the back-to-back situation. Um, and this is a matchup where I think Josh Norris especially could, you know, have a multi-goal night and just put the slate away, um, you know, early on. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Ottawa here on Wednesday and we'll circle back in the discord with, you know, how he fared and whether we should expect any changes come Thursday night. And we'll know ahead of the slate lock, you know, what their line rushes are to boot. So um, yeah. I prefer Ottawa to Vancouver here. Early on, that that line has like four shots on goal halfway through the first period. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, assuming at least they're doing something. Perfect. Um, right. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. I, I do think that's the sneakier way of doing it. You're playing into ownership with Vancouver, and I, I honestly, that Quinn Hughes take is, but again, like if you're playing Vancouver, you're absolutely betting on Quinn Hughes continuing. If you're not playing Vancouver, you know, you're not like, oh, I'm one off in Quinn Hughes because no, you're like, get a life. You know what I mean? It's kind of all in or all out with that situation. So I do agree that like, if they're going to get ownership, I'm probably going to bet against them myself. And we can move over to probably the first incredibly interesting uh, game theory or whatever. I don't know whatever you want to call it situation on this slate. And that is, we may have a minimum salary goalie for the Rangers as Shesterkin is, I think, pretty unlikely to very unlikely to come back tomorrow against the wild. And now Jonathan quick is also has an upper body injury. And that guy isn't young. They call up Louis Deming and they call up another goalie, but it uh, from Hartford, but yeah, Hartford gotta be Louis Deming in my opinion, 6,500 against a wild team that, you know, they're trying to be more boring. They weren't, but then they're like, how do we become more boring? What if we trade Addison and trade for Zach Bogosian? Brilliant. 
So I don't know how popular it'll be, but anytime it's a minimum salary goalie, they will garner ownership. So that is the question on this game to play or not to play. And if it's not the play 6,500, are you interested in going Minnesota one? Um, Yeah. To me, if I had to choose, I would side with a 30 to 40% owned 6,500 goalie than I would targeting Minnesota one here. Um, and that's because I think I have a deep, decent bit of respect for the Rangers, even without Adam Fox. Um, you know, I understand Adam Fox is what makes this team tick a majority of the time. Um, but I still think there's enough here that like defensively, they're not going to be a complete uh, zero. And, and just, I mean, you know, like you're saying about the, the minimum salary goaltenders, it's really just such a differentiator as far as what it allows you to do with the rest of your lineup. Um, because, you know, as any longtime listener of the show knows, it really does feel like we're just throwing darts and, and hoping for not negatives in that. Um, and so anytime you can get what should be either a pick or maybe even a slight favorite um, at 6,500, you know, I, I just think you got to do it. And you just, you know, you use that money to improve your team elsewhere. And it's not even like a duplication thing. Like, of course, there is leverage in playing Minnesota, um, but I just don't think that's necessary here um you know rossi was a disappointment on th- tuesday he only played 17 minutes um zero shots zero blocks you know the, the full-on air ball um and you know caprizov boldy are expensive enough to where just matchup i don't want to prioritize minnesota and as a result you know why not just take the goalie and uh, move on so i'm keeping an eye on that for sure but um yeah how about you I mean, I, I think I'm going to probably try to fade both, honestly. Like, I don't think you have to play the Ming if you're not playing Minnesota because they did kind of make things weird and they are trying to, I guess, be boring. Like, Zuccarello had two assists on two Caprizov goals uh, on the power play, which means that, okay, who was the other guy? Well, it wasn't boldly on the guys for either of those two goals on the power play. It was Erickson, Rossi, Johansson, Kaprizov, at least that's what Hockey Viz has. Yep. That makes me a little bit nervous to say the absolute least. You know, I'm not buying Pat Maroon by any stretch of the imagination. Although, what if they do spread the wealth out? And that's kind of seemingly what they might do. They, and you, you talked about Rossi, 17 minutes. It's kind of what most of their top nine had for, you know, time on ice as far as five on five. If they're going to roll three lines you know, whatever. Like I don't need to play Deming if, you know, if I have a few hundred extra and there's one goalie that's going to creep up to that, you know, 20 to 40, you know, 40, 20 to 30%, Jesus, percent ownership. Yeah. I might just fade it and just say, screw this game. It ends up being, you know, three to two wild or whatever. I'm totally fine. As long as all three of those goals don't come through the same avenue. It's like, that. that's fine. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to full fade it. I run over in kind of in detail there, Minnesota, and we did talk about how they gave up like five goals expected against, um, you know, against the Islanders, which may be a reason for their change. Um, you know, could you go back to Gustafson? Sure. 3,900 probably starting to get to the right, at least. Yeah. Probably the right price. I would just say it is the right price. Like he should be about 4k. Um, Truba at 5,100. Okay. Yeah. You're kind of praying for a point and a bonus there, but it's doable. And neither of these two lines for the Rangers are overpriced in my opinion, but I'm not sure if I'm, going you know insane here uh yeah I'm, i could I'm do it but with, i don't yeah 
I'm fine with any ranger, honestly. Like, I prefer just to play a one-off Truba or Gustafson, uh, but that's, uh, again, assuming I'm playing Doming. Um, I think it's, you know, a pretty good idea to play someone on the rangers because, you know, maybe Panarin doesn't offer a ton of value and, like, Kreider's Abinijad are a bit... Um, they're, they're a bit upside dependent, you know, but in most cases, Jacob Truba playing you know, an ungodly number of minutes without uh, Adam Fox in the lineup. Again, he's, you know, he averaged like 21 and a half, 21 minutes uh, without or with Fox in the lineup. So far since he's been out, he's gone 24, 25, 26, 25. Um, so that price just does not reflect the new reality for Jacob Truba. Um, and yeah, he's not going to get you a bunch of points or whatever, uh, but he, you know, he could, and there's probably a 20% chance that he puts up a 25 spot, which is just as good as the 6,500 guys. He'll do it differently in that it'll be through double bonusing and getting an assist or a goal more than likely. Um, but, you know, because you're getting a discount, because you don't need to stack Chuba with anyone, I like that idea. And then, of course, Gustafson sub 4K is just a, a glaring value with uh, with no Fox and him running the point on the power play. Um, but that's going to be out, too. So, you know, you, you just got to make sure you're getting different if you're playing a Gustafson one-off and dooming in that if that comes to fruition. Um, but, you know, it's a very, very good way to go about things. So anything else from this game? No, no. Yeah, that's, that's basically right. that, that is the Rangers. We have Chicago at Tampa Bay. Have you heard of Nikita, Nikita Kucherov? Guy might be good at hockey. Just back-to-back-to-back multi-point nights. That would include a five-point night, a four-point night, and a two-point night in the past three. And now he gets to play at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. Will ownership... Yeah, and, and, and imagine if they let him play the second and third periods. Yeah. and, and <laughs> Yeah. And that's only getting points. Literally, it's it actually... It, yeah. I mean... I think he did have a point in the third period, actually, though. Yeah, he did this last game. But, yeah, it's been just, I mean, first shot of the game against Montreal, just cool. Kucherov's in. Okay. Um, Yeah, I like Tampa. I, You know, Hagel at 5,100, not in the top power play, but a bit along for the ride. You know, that's an option. Uh, Braden Point, 7,400, didn't get there. Um, And and against Montreal, only had like 9.5 DraftKings points. So, you know, maybe people think about just one off in Kucherov, and I, I wouldn't hear. Like, I think if it's going to get there, it's going to go all the way. Um, I know some others have also started to say, hey, what about the other guys in Tampa? Like Steven Stamkos, who has 14 points in 11 games and hit the shots bonus, had two assists last game. I, I totally get him um, and Paul as well because it's Chicago. So whatever you want to do. And Paul is probably pretty silently broke, not broken, but had optimal games um you know first game of the year he had 30 last game he had 25 he's not useless and definitely can be paired uh, on that top power play in that front Stamkos does like to shoot you know whatever so there's options here in this game uh, on Tampa I think I've named every player of real relevance or value uh is there anything you want to mention off the top in this one yeah, I'll say I think both, if the salaries work, both Kudrov and Stamkos could be decent one-off options. Kudrov is just shooting so much this year. Um, you know, he's over nine shot attempts per game in his last 10. He's, you know, hit the bonus and whatever, four straight games here. He's clearly on a run of farm where like, yeah, obviously if Kudrov hits, it's more than likely that point in Stamkos hit. But is a, like last game, is 22 from Stamkos going to kill you? 
um, is, you know, let's look at Braden Point two nights ago, is 19 points from uh, Braden Point going to kill you at 7,400 when Kucherov two games ago hit 40, you know? So it's one of those things where I don't think Kucherov's success is dependent on the other guys, so you can play him as one-off. Now, would I play, you know, a guy at a similar price range? Would I play, uh, you know, uh, let's see, let's go to center. Would I play Connor Bedard over Braden Point? Like, no, of course not. Would I play Dylan Larkin over Braden Point? No, I wouldn't. But if I'm playing, you know, two mid-tier centers, and it just so happens that after the stacks, after my defense, I wind up with a very large amount of salary left, I'm totally fine one-off in Kucherov. So um, I'm considering that. You know, because this matchup is obviously very good. Chicago should be pretty bad. Um, any interest in Chicago? I mean, we haven't seen them give uh, Bedard any help lately, and uh, it shows because he's been pretty poor. Um, you know, underlying stats-wise, he's got goals in four of his last five games. So, or is it three or four? Four or five? Three or four. Um, three. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't really feel like you're missing out on much here. Yeah, well, three or four and three or five, if that makes you feel any better. Um, no, I I get it. I definitely get it. Like 7,100 Connor Bedard, one day we'll look back and say, man, do you remember those days? How fun. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing him, but he's playing with Nick Foligno at five on five. That's just a foolish endeavor that they've decided to do. No, thank you. Um, it's Kurashev is the other guy, 3,800. Yeah, just... It's a no for me, dog. I'm just not playing the yeah. Blackhawks here, and we could just move on. There's no sense right. in beating around by two, beating around the bush here until they put choo, Lucas Reichel up on that top line. Yes, well, okay, sure, whatever, dude. All right, choo choo choo. Here comes the chalk train. Uh, yep. Dallas is just obnoxiously cheap. Um, yep. I I don't really get it, but um, hey, I, uh, DraftKings and a DraftKings. So Jason Robertson has not been very good this year. Um, but he's still got, you know, nine DraftKings points per game. Um, he is $6,000. Joe Pavelski is 5,800 and Rufay Hints is 6,500. Now this is a stack that was 3K more expensive in totality at the beginning of the year. Uh, they're in Columbus, a uh, team that is famously not very good. So yeah, I don't really see a way around this being the best price per dollar stack of the night. Um, but what are your thoughts? Uh, anything, you know, specific here? No, um, I'm not planning on playing Columbus either way. Um, they're also pretty cheap though, all around. I, yeah, I love Dallas one. So it's going to be tough for me to overlook it. But again, as I kind of mentioned, I think if you're playing Dallas one, maybe consider not playing Louis Domingue, you know, maybe consider, you know, not doing the Louis Domingue McDavid thing because I'm, I'm guessing that's going to be the way people end up going here and getting Edmonton exposure, which we're obviously going to get to. I think that's kind of the chalk, right? So if you're yeah. going to do it, and I think I plan on trying to do it, I'd get different. Yeah. Um, Miro hit his one of his random ceiling games um, Tuesday night, uh, eight shots. Sure. Uh, he'll do that from time to time. I don't think this is the spot to jam Miro in at, you know, if, if, if Dallas one is 22% owned, you know, like all three dudes together, which, you know, I don't know, that could be high on 11 game sleep, but at their prices, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Paiskanen's probably going to be at least 15, you know, at 5,200. Uh, that seems like, yeah, obviously he's correlated with those guys. Um, but there's no win condition that, you know, if Dallas one hits me or Heiskanen has to get there and Heiskanen is, 
you know, historically a guy who is his median is well below, you know, seven DraftKings points on a given night. So I think you're fine. You know, maybe he gets an assist and a shot and a block, you know, but um, even if Dallas scores two or three goals, you know, they could still be in the winning lineup and Heiskanen has no guarantee of being there as well. So if I'm playing Dallas, it's going to be without Miro in all honesty. Um, maybe that's how I would quote unquote be different, but um, you know, you're, you're not chopping off a ton of ownership by fading Miro, just given the way optimizers work. So um, yeah. And I have no interest in Columbus. They're just yep. on the perma ban list until further notice. Yeah. They, they you know, it literally was said on 32 thoughts podcast that they want a mentality of if a player is not performing to bench them base. I mean, that's you know, taking <laughs> a little bit of out of context, but they talked about Gaudreau being benched and we're like, yes, they hired Babcock because he was an asshole basically. I mean, again, out of context, but this is me, you know, reading through the tea leaves, if you will. I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouth, but that's what they're going to do. So imagine Tortorella is coaching the black or at least GMing you know, this, this Blue Jackets team still getting that influence in there and um, no thanks. Yeah. Right. Tort- um, Tortorella was their coach, right? My lose. I just said that. And I was like, double. No, it, well, it was Babcock. Oh, yeah. But before wait, him. Oh yeah. Before, well, it was Tortorella. Yeah. Well, okay. a couple coaches ago, but yeah. A couple coaches. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's again, like that's a mentality that still exists there. And um, that makes me feel. Yeah. Duchesne is officially also not uh, good. Yeah. Uh Duchesne's officially a game time decision. I'm expecting him to play. He should slot back into his normal role between Mason Marchman and Tyler Sagan. Um that line is super duper cheap. Now they're not getting a ton of minutes. Um, but you know, it's one of those classic game theory angles where um if everyone's on Dallas one, then maybe Dallas three is, you know, where you go and you spend up on a mid-tier stack of some sort and you pay up for defense and just basically get different from those Dallas one teams and just, you know, leverage the shit out of them. I could see that being viable. Obviously, Duchesne, Sagan, Marchman are all good players. Um, well, they may be arguably good players, but I think they are um, still at this point. And they're cheap enough in a good matchup to where if I'm seeing, you know, two, three percent on, I'll at least uh, throw the idea around for, for a bit and build some lineups to see what that could look like. So let's move to uh, Arizona in St. Louis here. Um, Arizona last game uh, kept Barrett Hayton on the top line. We had thought they might put Logan Cooley there. Um, Logan Cooley remains on the top power play, but Barrett Hayton finally scored last game uh, on the power play, uh, no matter. But um, that makes me hard. You know, it's hard to believe that Logan Cooley would just randomly show up and replace Hayton on the top line. So that idea is probably gone until further notice. Um, but I don't have much interest in this game here. Um, you could talk me into St. Louis, but at home against Arizona, I actually think some people will play St. Louis and then I don't, I don't want St. Louis in ownership. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is definitely the debate here. Um, are people going to play them or not? And if not, I, I could really actually see myself playing Bustnevich, um and company because 4,500 just feels like it's getting a bit too cheap for a player that I think is pretty good. Um, you know, I'm kind of going through that first power play in some capacity. And, and I like Busnevich. I wish he was with Cairo. I wish I could just kind of go all the way in if I'm going to do it, but alas, they're not five on five. It's not that it's undoable. It's not, you couldn't do it, um, but it, it is cheap, but it being so cheap is why under ownership as well. Um, keep in mind that, yeah, again, like Cairo was playing with, um, 
what's his name? Shen and Saad and Thomas was his captain and Bustnevich. So that Thomas yeah. Bustnevich situation is at least intriguing, but because I honestly think the ownership would come to Cairo. It's 6,200 is also just not undoable, especially with, you know, a minimum salary goalie and D- Dallas one being so cheap, like it's doable. So I do wonder how much people get to Thomas Bustnevich. And I think that they're actually like very, very good at hockey. Um, Thomas, like if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, he would be five goals, five assists. I'd be like, that can't be like, he doesn't shoot and he doesn't shoot, but he is scoring. So four goals and four straight games. I don't know. Um, we can move over. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, you covered it. Uh, Tori Krug is still on the top power play. He's going to hit soon, but I don't know if I can hang around at 4k to just keep uh, punching myself in the face until he does. And uh, should mention Scott Prunovich will draw in. So I don't know, 2,500, he's going to play eight minutes, but we know the drill with Prunovich. Make sure you're checking on him though, if you're running an optimizer, because um, any power play two guy will tend to uh, maybe just get stuffed in with these Colorados and Edmontons and Tampas that are on the slate at uh, high prices. So um, just make sure you're aware of that. Nashville and Winnipeg. Um, gosh, I feel like I have the least to say about this game, which is funny because Winnipeg just won the slate. Um, but, you know, Alex Iafalo having four assists, uh, something tells me that will not happen again here. So any interest in this game? Uh, I feel like I, the answer is probably yes. But, I mean, do you think that – Winnipeg won't get ownership because they just want a slate, or is that just complete stupidness? They just, I'm, like, I will that... say they're going to get their normal 4% ownership, like on most slates. Um, yeah. It's just, they're expensive. There's really no obvious glaring values. And it's just, yeah, it's but, just, you know, something you do, but, you spin the wheel and hope that the right combos come out. Like you assume optimizers are not going to be jamming them here with, what you just said they already exist no, and it's not. not cheap so that means hand builders will have to be doing it and i just don't see hand builders looking at what they did last game and being like well they're running that back you know they're hitting a second ceiling game i don't know i mean i don't really plan on playing it but i guess all of this to say like i don't think it's going to be that popular either so it is interesting but um i i guess taking healers off the first power play is what fixes it because um that unit scored twice pretty easily and effectively. I don't know. I mean, it, I'm not really looking to get crazy on what I would play if I was playing Winnipeg. It's Winnipeg one or nothing. I'm not probably going to get crazy and play it. I don't know if Yossi's going to see nearly the same amount of ownership. I feel like he was pretty popular last slate. Um, didn't get a point, but hit the blocks bonus, almost at the shots bonus. He's a good, obviously a good play, but with Edmonton around the corner, Colorado around the corner and Kucherov, lighting the entire NHL on fire. I don't know how much he'll get jammed in. And I don't think, you know, personally, I'm not afraid to attack Winnipeg. I know you really respect them and love them. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I could see myself going back to, you know, Forsberg and Yossi here and, and maybe just getting even like more unique than is necessary. But especially if you're playing like, you know, Dallas one, who are you going to play? Are you going right to, you know, all the, all the guys we already, you know, they're going to be chalky. I'm not like, I'd rather go a different route with my cap. I mean, people love Roman Yossi. He just gets played every night. So like, yeah, I just, I don't have any interest in this game. It's two bad teams and they're pretty expensive and I want to pay up for the uh, 
giga chalk spots. So uh, let's get to, well, maybe not quite Colorado, but I mean, here's the expensive guys on the slate outside of Tampa uh, coming up. So let's move to Seattle and the Avalanche. Um, Colorado at home coming off of a pretty stellar win against the banged up New Jersey team. But I mean, there were so many penalties in that game. Um, you know, Miko Rantanen had the ceiling night. Uh, I think he was the high scorer on the slate tied with uh, Kyle Connor. Maybe it was like one shot behind Kyle Connor or something. But anyway, uh, Miko Rantanen showed up at 8,500. Uh, McKinnon, 9,800. Now, this is a matchup that famously Colorado uh, likes to lose in. Um, they they uh, lost to Seattle in last year's playoffs. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about Edmonton ownership, like, in Tampa ownership, Colorado is going to have next to no ownership. And we know exactly where the production is coming from, from this team. Um, I personally kind of think Seattle sucks. So like, I'm not Ooh. scared of it at all. Um, now, maybe I'm just chasing Branton in points here, but I do feel like I'm considering Colorado one here. Um, so, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Colorado tried to run again and Jeren, Blake Wheeler, same thing, but different. Both of them kind of got exiled to no run, and it should be Lekkonen back on that top line via practice. So you kind of get the full correlation, McKinnon, Ranton, and Lekkonen. You can afford it. It's doable. You know, you're not going to yeah. McDavid anymore, but that's the way to do it here, especially if you do think Seattle's bad. And look at their record. Can't argue with it. Hard to, you know, I I am a bit more of a believer than most that this team could be okay this year, and I'm wrong. Um Ross Colton got suspended, right? Not that it really Ross matters. Colton, I mean, uh, he, he murdered. Yeah, he murdered Luke Hughes. I don't know if he got suspended. I thought we should probably mention that. No, Should've... he just got a fine for the cross check yeah. to the face. I'm. I don't see anything about it being suspended. So let's see. Yeah, he picked up. All, he picked up 17 penalty minutes on one play, and uh, I think they're considering the boarding enough. Um, okay. I don't know. I just, I thought that was something that might be, uh, but whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, in a game, they won six to three. Rantanen saw 26 minutes. McKinnon saw 24 and McKinnon saw 20 while, you know, the Tatars of the world saw seven. Like it doesn't matter. This team runs through about five. I mean, Johansson's in the mix now too. Like you cannot argue this guy is not very involved. Like there's four or five guys and, and Nutrition should be back. He missed practice. He uh, had a baby. Well, his wife had the baby. He was there. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's easy. Like you're saying, I think Colorado's a really good pivot, and I'm I'm in on it as well. But definitely, I I yeah. throw Luckin in in the mix. Not like Duran is anything of of note anymore. But even when he's up there, I'm just I don't care. Hmm. Wow, uh, I did not know Katrina was married. That makes the uh, playoff story even uh, even stranger from last you know, year. I mean, obviously, right. it's all speculation, but like. I like, I, I don't know, again, speculating and speculating and speculating, completely unverified, whatever. I think it was like someone he was like related to that was underage and drunk. And I don't know because the <laughs> fact it got dropped like it did and everyone sort of seemed like if that was just, you know, th- I, that's at least my belief based on what came out after. And again, that could be completely wrong. Don't quote me on it. I don't know what I'm talking about, but that makes more sense to me that he had like, like a cousin or sister or something like that he knew and sure. needed medical attention. So yeah, sure. That's... There, there, there you go. There's my, there's my hot take that didn't need to be said and has no actual backing, but there you go. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, moving, moving on to the Ryan Johansson thing that you mentioned, um, his five on five numbers have really, uh, changed dramatically in 11 games in Colorado. He's shooting a lot more than he has historically. Um, honestly, his power play shots are about the same as they were in Nashville. Um, but he's averaging three shots a game this, this season, which is shocking for, uh, you know, for anyone who's paid attention the last few years. So like, um, yeah, like you said, he's not a great play, but he's certainly, you know, an option if you're trying to save off McKinnon and absolutely have to, um, there's, there's paths to him getting 23 and he correlates with, you know, McCarr, Rantanen, et cetera. Um, but all right. I don't have any interest in Seattle. Uh, do you want to say anything about well, Seattle boys? Are you are you interested in Makar? I mean, you kind of just like kind of glossed over it. Seventy five hundred is that just too much on this? Yeah, slate for sure. When... I think okay, there you go. I think the like I think Kale Makar should be priced above every demon by maybe a thousand because I, I think he's just simply the best. Um, and he's you know at the same price as Yossi. see. He's you know, uh, only a thousand more than Matheson, Bouchard, you know, whatever. Um, we'll talk about Bouchard and Carlson in particular, because I think that they're interesting at, at their respective prices. But yeah, my car is definitely in play for me. And like I said, in my article or my recap, like, you know, I say it all the time. I try to value these higher end defensemen, but let's get through these final two games um, because the clock is striking midnight here on the podcast. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Nothing really of note on Seattle. Um, I'm, I'm not going to play them. I don't think anyone will. Pittsburgh and LA. Um, Pittsburgh on the West Coast trip. LA on a back-to-back. Pittsburgh didn't really get there last late against Anaheim. I like them a lot, but they didn't get there. Very, very expensive. Yet again, you know, you're not getting any savings. And I respect Los Angeles overall. It's a back-to-back, as I just mentioned, I think at least once, if not twice for LA. I can easily kind of talk myself out of this game. I, you know, kind of all around. Um, we don't know about Pittsburgh goaltending. Like it could be Magnus Helberg who came in in relief. My at least my assumption has to be it's going to be Magnus Helberg, who by no stretch of the imagination is a good NHL goalie, but he is an NHL goalie. Uh, is he above replacement level? Who's to say? I mean, is Cam Talbot above replacement level? I don't know. Uh, not minimum salary though. So yeah, I could very easily talk myself into just full fade here, and I don't not that worried it's going to kill me. But famous last words. Yeah, I mean, the forwards on Pittsburgh, I think, are way too expensive for this matchup. Um, but uh, defenseman-wise, I mean, why is Eric Carlson uh, $2,000 cheaper than Sidney Crosby? I have no idea. Um, it's just, you know, very clear to me that, like, you know, Carlson probably projects better median-wise than Crosby does. And he's just... Uh, yeah, it's a matchup where he could hit the blocks bonus. I mean, he hit it against Anaheim. Um, but what they're doing is they're really just rolling four defensemen in Pittsburgh right now. Um, until that changes, I think Eric Carlson's a great play at pretty much any price below, like a Noah Dobson. <laughs> and he's you know 800 clear of that. Um, so I'm, again, very interested in Eric Carlson. I think he's a perfectly fine one-off. Um, but you know, the decision remains between him and Evan Bouchard, who's at the same price and probably far more popular and, you know, for good reason. So, um, I don't have any interest in LA off the back to back here. Um, you know, Kempe's 6,400. Um, you could go to Fiala Dubois, like Dubois still kind of cheap at 5,200, but we haven't really seen it from Dubois so far. 
and the minutes are just a huge concern in LA with uh, the, the Fiala Dubois Laferriere line. So uh, not not for me, but I understand why you could do it given Pittsburgh's uh, game stack ability, um, last game notwithstanding. Sure. Um, so are we ready for the the grand finale? Yes, we are. Um, uh, Edmonton, Edmonton, new lines. Go with it. So, well, do you have them up? But all I know is it's my, Ryan McLeod, Connor McDavid, Jack Hyman, just Ryan McLeod, hook it to my veins, minimum salary. Uh, this has been my guy for a long time. I think Ryan McLeod is actually good. Um, if you put him and Ryan Nugent Hopkins in unbranded jerseys, I honestly don't think they'd be that different uh, of, of players. So uh, I'm buying on minimum salary Ryan McLeod here, but um, the, what else are we looking at? It's, I mean, it, to me, this game's kind of screams Edmonton setting themselves up to make adjustments. Um, I do agree McLeod's good, though. I, I mean, I'm not arguing it. It's Holloway, Dreisaitl, and Fogel. And if there's one player that Edmonton just absolutely despises, it's still in Holloway. I want to play him here. I really, really do. But if they get down in this game or, you know, God for, you know, God forbid they get down in this game and Dylan Holloway does anything wrong. I mean, he's just never seeing the ice again. Um, zero points on the year, but man, this guy, just last game, uh, you know, it, it kind of feels like you're literally playing um, Wallstrom, only not quite as good. So that is what it is. Uh, then the last line is Kane, RNH, Gagne. Um, Gagne's been, you know, solid enough. Can't really argue it. Yeah. Um, he's 4,100 now because of his production and limited role. But again, a lot of limited role players, I, you kind of called out that uh, McLeod is a guy that maybe won't maybe be as limited. In, in Ryan the, McLeod is, he's never been a limited role player yeah. for Edmonton. He, he's played a bite-sized role, be, but, you know, at five on five, just because he's usually holding down the third line because, you know, Dreisaitl can't carry his own line and they need to put Nugent Hopkins up with someone. Um, but Ryan McLeod kills penalties. He's first over the boards there. He's carved out a power play, or yeah, he's carved out a power play two role for himself. That seems pretty safe to me. So even though the points aren't there, like the 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 just on ice ability, I think is there. <laughs> I think he's a good player. And again, you know, we've seen Kyle Yamamoto at twenty five hundred pay off alongside McDavid many times before. Um, you know, McLeod is a good player, and for twenty five hundred, I don't care how old he is. I think he's a, a great play. Um, you know, you're not getting, if he doesn't score, guess what? You're not getting, you know, double bonus potential from him, but uh, there's nobody who, if they don't score sub 3k, like you're going to expect that. So um, he's a thin play. Sure. But like, I just don't think that the ownership will get up as high as it should be um, for a guy playing alongside Connor freaking McDavid against the San Jose freaking sharks. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you have it. Summed up nicely. I, I will just add my last note that I think you could absolutely just stack through the Edmonton power play here and feel very good about it. So guessing, you know, the five guys by now, but Dreisaitl, Hyman, McDavid, Bouchard, Nugent Hopkins, and however you really want to do it. In my opinion, Hyman, McDavid, Bouchard, and probably just play Dreisaitl, but you could just play like Nugent Hopkins and just spread the wealth. Like San Jose is historically bad. I'm not really worried about that one game that they probably should have lost. Um, Mackenzie Black would absolutely bail them out in a game that yeah. I kind of thought there's no way that's going to be exactly how it goes down. On the other side, San Jose five on five played 
Blue Lions quite a bit. That's Hurdle, Zetterlin, Uckland, and Duclair, Grandlin, LeBanc. Um, Duclair scored at five on five, had an assist on the first power play. Um, so the first power play had a pairing of Grandlin and Duclair, Uckland and Hurdle, and, and Zetterland. So that's the five. Um, no defenseman, but do keep in mind that they traded for Kalen Addison and he expect, they expect him to play. I imagine if he was good enough to play in the power play one in Minnesota, that could be a large reason they went out and got him to yeah. kind of have someone there to keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, I would say if Addison plays, it is like 95% probability that he's manning the top power play. So um, I have I have no problem uh, taking that, you know, taking the plunge with Kalen Addison at 3,300, um, you know, but I don't think I'm playing any of the forwards here. Like, uh, you know, we probably had our Duclair game uh, or our Duclair run, I should say. He's double digits in three straight games. Like, uh, I don't like they were kind of owned lastly. Um, people are going to uh, love picking on Edmonton, but guess what? Edmonton's not been that bad this year. They're just getting submarine by goaltending, and the fact that Connor McDavid's on a shooting percentage is like in the negatives somehow. Um, you know, it's not actually, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yes, um, yes, yes. So yeah, I, I just I'm not picking on Santa or not picking on Edmonton at all here with San Jose. So uh, you know, just jam in all the Edmonton donkey it up, move on, and uh, win money. So let's do top stacks, guarantee goals, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, well, um, top stacks, um, I are we just saying not Dallas, or does Dallas one count? Um, well, let's, let's go beyond Dallas. Okay, okay, too easy. Um, I will, you know what? You go first. I don't want to take yours. I feel like I'm going to just wind up and absolutely yeah, I mean, slam yeah. home. Freaking when you can get Ryan McLeod, Evan Bouchard, and yeah. Connor McDavid together. Just like, I don't I, like the thing is about this slate is I wonder if like playing, not playing Zach Hyman is actually a leverage point where it's just like, yeah, you know, Zach Hyman's there. He can do stuff, but like, you know, that's $6,200 that you could spend on like a different player. Um, so that, that actually might be kind of unique, like a different lever you can pull to just play Edmonton differently. Um, you know, like, will people play Dreisaitl, McDavid, McLeod? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it some more, but, um, for now I'm going McDavid, Ryan McLeod and Evan Bouchard. I'm not missing out on this spot for both Bouchard and Ryan McLeod. That, that does make sense. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a good number of stacks I already talked about that I really like. Um, upper tier, though, is Colorado. One for me, Lekkanen, Rantanen, and McKinnon. Um, hard to fit in a lot of that Edmonton with it, and I think that could diminish the ownership a bit. I am fine with saying that, you know, it, I, I could get away with one more time, McDavid not breaking me, but, yeah. Is it actually – is it possible to play McDavid with Colorado one? no chance i don't think so right yeah because lucky is actually really expensive okay you don't say yeah, yeah there's no I, way I, okay. I was just thinking right. of deming but i i don't think deming's quite going to give you enough yeah second stack um give me brady kachuk drake batherson and josh norris um you know i i kind of want to pick on vancouver here um, this is dependent on how the Toronto game unfolds. Uh, let's see. Right now, the score is one-to-one. So, okay. There you go. Um, but, yeah, Batherson's too cheap at 4,600. Um, Norris and 
Kachuk are pretty expensive, so I don't expect ownership to flood here, but um, I really like the spot. All three players, power play on correlation. Um, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, it's two to one now. Ottawa just scored, but it was that line. Got it. Um, just so you're aware. Uh, okay, so I'll go. I'll just go Detroit one. Um, don't know if you could fit that in either. <laughs> Probably not with Colorado, but I really like the Larkin to bring it Raymond situation there. That is that's interesting to me. Again, there's only so much cap that you can have, and so yeah. much of it's going right. to go to Edmonton. Guarantee me a goal or two goals or two. Yeah. Normally, normally it ends up being two at the end of the day. Um, do you have one or do you not have one? Um, give me Brad Marchand, 6,700 um, back with Pasternak at five on five playing alongside Zaka and Pasternak, you know, seems like a good place to be um, And the Islanders. You know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, they're your fun team. So give me, give me Brad Marchand here for a goal at 6,700. He is really back to back five jungle games, I believe, for him. Good, good for that. C- correct me if I'm wrong. Um, okay, I'll go with. Oh, you know what? I'll go with Busnevich. Yeah, I'll go with Pavel Busnevich. 4500. Wow. Um, is that how right, much you have so left? Did I just literally I have, do? The... I have forty three hundred. So you just okay. missed. I was, I literally said it and I was, and then yeah that that is yeah uh, okay. I'm gonna go a little below that but 3800 David Perron um you know should be on the power play for Detroit I like you know I talked about him as a one off as we went through the slate um if I wind up at that price I'm perfectly fine clicking in Mr David Perron um against Montreal here with you know Detroit shouldn't get much ownership I think after uh, just dissecting things um so I like the way that sounds. Okay, uh, I'm down to 5,500. 6,500. 65. Oh, yeah, 6,500. Good math. Good mental math. Yeah, you did it. Um, right. I don't know. Who do I want? You got to go. I'll take. <laughs> I don't like this range. I'll take Literally, Rupert Hands. Like pulling teeth. Okay. Just take Rupert Hands. Just take Rupert Hands. He wasn't okay. in our stacks. We didn't allow ourselves to take him in a stack. Well, why don't I just take Robertson? I'll think. Yeah, I'll just put Ruby Hansen for now. But actually, you know what? I'm going to immediately change it to J-Rob. It was named it's J-Rob, Marshan Perron. I win. Okay, great job. All right. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you check out uh, my newsletter, where, again, I recap the Tuesday night slate um, and sort of my thought process and how it went and uh, the team I played and why and, you know, so on. So um, that's linked in the description of this show. It's also on my Twitter. Um, I am at Fake Moods. DJ is at DJ Mitchell 94 uh, DJ, anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, no, no. Enjoy dinner. Um, I'll be back I'm, I'm planning on trying to do something saturday because i'm not gonna have a stream for thursday going to see the band microwave i know probably a favorite of yours matt i've definitely heard of that band i feel like right. i thought they were more popular than they are but that's okay it's okay as long as you like them um i'm sure it'll be, it'll be fine right. yeah uh, well thank you all for tuning in so uh best of luck here from doug from dj from myself Have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see ya.